0: Hello, and welcome to Six Degrees of Broadway. I'm your host, Sharon Camille, and I am so happy to introduce my next guest, Michelle Dejean. Michelle toured with Ted Neely in Jesus Christ Superstar, and then played Anita in the National and European Tours of West Side Story. Michelle joined the touring company of Chicago as Mona and the Roxy Understudy, and later became a member of the Broadway company as a swing, and then both Mona and Roxy Hart. Here she is. The talented triple threat, Michelle Desjardins. Welcome, Michelle Desjardins. I'm so excited that you are here. I can't even believe this. You are just still the most gorgeous woman I have ever known. I will never forget the first day meeting you, walking onto the bus, and I was just like, oh, who is this woman? <laughs> <laughs> you are just... Dunning, I wish this weren't oh just gosh. audio, so everybody could see you're you're gorgeous. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, of course, thank um, you. Six degrees of Broadway. For you, I have to start with you experienced what I have a recurring dream about all of the time, that? which is where you get the call and out of the blue, you're like, "Come to a show." Except right. in my in my dream I'm actually backstage somewhere and I'm supposed to go on in like a half an hour and I don't know where the <laughs> dressing room is.
1: But I've you had those two those are horrible.
0: Pretty pretty darn close to it. So will you just walk us through a little bit about what happened to you when you went back into
1: Chicago after being retired? After is that what you're talking about Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm All right. About. So yeah, so I had done Chicago for 11 years and I decided in 2009 I was going in for my second knee surgery at the time and uh, decided that I just I was done. I just I wanted to step away. And, you know, I I was feeling like I was missing something in my life. So I decided I'm just going to take the leap into the unknown and figure out what I'm going to do later. So I retired. I left the Broadway show and I did some shows here at Theater Under the Stars, which is a great theater, but basically was retired. I would step in occasionally and do a show here and there. So, you know, 2014, I have a child, I'm raising this child, everything is normal, everything is, it's my new normal life, and I haven't danced since 2009. 2018, I get a call on July 4th, th- 3rd, July 3rd, saying, hey, or actually, they called my husband, and they said, hey, John, would Michelle, um, well, he was talking, and then he came, he came into the room, he says, would you like to go to Chicago? I thought maybe he had a job offer there. I said, sure, you know, Chicago's fun. We'll go, go visit her. And he said, no, go into the show, Chicago. And I kind of asked him to explain. He says, they, they want you to come and star as Roxy for, I don't know, 10, 12 weeks or something like that. And um, they want you to start Monday. And this was, this was Tuesday. I think. So, um, you know, he said, I, I told them we'd have to talk about this. So we, we, we talked, and um, they didn't get back to us until, or we got back to them. And then of course, Fourth of July happened, we got back to them, they got back, this is all back and forth, hadn't heard anything by the weekend. So I'm like, by Friday, I hadn't heard anything. Um, Saturday morning came, still hadn't heard. So I thought, I'm done. You know, I can go to sleep now. I don't have to stress about this. Right, they, they, right. they found somebody else. I am at the gym and the call comes through and they want me there the next day. I have <gasps> to find my <gasps> own housing. I haven't looked at the script, I haven't danced. So I, I don't know why I said yes, but um, I did. I was on a plane Sunday, went straight to the theater, uh, straight to the rehearsal hall, rehearsed, left there, found a place to stay. Um, and was, uh, had rehearsal Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was a day off and I opened on Thursday and that was it. I did, I did the show for 12 weeks. That it was crazy. Unbelievable. It was crazy. I was, I was hurting too. My body, <laughs> my body was hurting for the first couple of weeks. I was, did nothing except show up for the theater, do the show and then go back do you have pictures the of the line. ice bath. <laughs> yeah. Lots exactly. of ice baths. Lots of ice baths. But um, it was an amazing experience. And the, the best part of it, though, Sharon, was that my son, who had never known me as a performer, um, actually got to fly to New York and see me star on Broadway and, and got to sign autographs after the show. And, um, he just, it was just. Amazing. And I had all these new friends and people in my life who didn't know me as a performer. And so right. they're like, what do you mean you're going to New York to star in a Broadway show? What, what, <laughs> right. what part who of are you? you? Where are you? Where did we? We missed something here. Why did you, do not you work for the and... CIA too? what? <laughs> oh so it was great. It was um, it uh, was It brought all of my new my new life and my old life sort of came together. And I got to see you. Which I was going to say amazing. and my son got to see you do the show too yes, oh, and exactly.
0: as well as me. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I was just I love that story so much. We just you never know what's going to happen. No. You never you know never what know. is around the corner. Um and I think that's the most exciting part of of having a creative life. You know, whether yeah. you're a performer on stage or whether you're doing something off stage, it's um the but there's opportunities. You just don't know where they're going to come from or someone's going right. to see you walking down the street and think, oh, that's right. Mich- hey, Michelle, <laughs> I've got this thing going on. And right. Are you available? Are you just- that's amazing. Okay. Yay. Oh, yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. That's
1: crazy, crazy time.
0: A fantastic story. And so was Chicago your first Broadway show? It was.
1: Yes. It was my first Broadway show. I started on the road. And it was my friend, our friend, James Patrick Moran's first Broadway show, too.
0: I talked to James Patrick.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, that's just it's one of those shows. And I think because it's been so long running, it's affected so many people and changed so many lives.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So was the phone call like getting the job Um, for that more about getting the tour? And then getting the Broadway show part was like, oh, easy peasy. Or was it still that excitement of getting your first Broadway
1: show when you moved into the Broadway company? Um, it was a little it was a little diluted. I think when I first got Chicago, the tour, I was really excited because my my ex-husband, who I was married to at the time, we both got it together. And so we were going to be touring together, and um, we actually, I started first, but he was going to be coming in a little bit later, and uh, we were just thrilled. I had done so many auditions for Chicago over the years, and um, while I was in West Side Story, I was uh, flying out to to audition, and I just felt like the professional Chicago auditioner, but it finally came through, and the spot opened on the road, and um, yeah, we went out for until 2000. And then the tour closed, and um, I called up Barry Weisler and said, "Hey, you know, I'll take anything. Just bring me in, get me a gig." He said, "Okay." So they uh, they called me Fugue Xator in a swing, a swing position had opened up, and I was terrified, terrified of being. Had you ever swung a show before? Because. Never, and as you know, uh, as your audience probably knows, you as a swing, you have to know you know many, many different roles. You have to be ready to go on in a second in any of the roles. And if you're doing a good job, nobody says anything to you. Don't right. even right. <laughs> I haven't gotten any if feedback. don't know you're there. That's no feedback that's right. means you that's still have great. a job. Yay! That's right. So um, I started as a swing and let them know that I. I did not want to be a swing for you know just get me up as much as as soon as you possibly uh-huh. can and and uh, eventually one of those uh, roles um, opened up and I and it was actually the role I did on on the tour so it oh, worked out okay. and then I actually moved up to that role and that role on understudy Roxy. Perfect. That's what started the ball rolling.
0: And so before you went back, before you came out of retirement to come back to do Roxy, you had Mm -hmm. also had the opportunity to go on as Roxy many
1: times, right? Uh, When I was back in New York, yeah, I was actually contracted as Roxy for many years, uh, both on the road and in New York. Because I know that's the show. Isn't it Pamela Anderson who's
0: going in right now? Isn't that what is all the news? Yes,
1: she's going in. I hear she's delightful. They just uh, everybody says such wonderful things about her and that she's just a doll to work with and that she's really making her own. And the photos. Did you see the photos? Her photo shoot. Amazing. They look
0: fantastic. I know it's so. Yeah. There's so many people who have um, who've had the opportunity to play that role, and I just yeah. it would be so much fun to have really gotten to see all of them it because it's such a it's such an amazing so iconic character, and yet there's such an opportunity to put your own personality into it, right?
1: And that's what Walter Bobby always wanted was for every actress to put their own spin on it. He did not want a carbon copy. You know, when you've done the show for so long in the, in the ensemble, it was great because you could, you know, see little things of all of these different Roxies and sort of meld them into you or use part of their, you know, their journey and, and make it part of your own. And then, you know, the longer you do it, of course, you, you find your own way and your own little niche.
0: Now, I know that you you came up as an amazing, beautiful dancer. Right, You have this gorgeous line, this this gorgeous body. You know, your dancing is just absolutely impeccable. Um, But I also know you as an incredible Anita in West Side Story, which, again, Mm. is all the rage right now. Um, So, girlfriend, you can sing. So at what point in your career or was it during your training that you realized that not only can you dance, but that you also were this triple threat? Like, how did you how did you go from being a dancer to being a dancer,
1: singer, actor? Um, How did that come about for you? Um, I always enjoyed singing. My mom said I could sing whole songs before I could speak whole sentences. So um, I always enjoyed singing, never took lessons. I did choir in school and stuff like that, and I always enjoyed it. Um, But my dance was very separate. So I was a strictly ballet dancer at at the beginning when I was young and, and did the RID training with all the exams and all of that. And then... Uh, went into Houston Ballet Academy on full scholarship and did that for a while and then went to the high school for performing and visual arts here in Houston and was a dance major there. Um, And it wasn't until I had an accident at high school where I was actually dropped out of a lift and I tore half the muscles away from my spine on one side and I was in a wheelchair for a little bit, Wow. was worried that I wasn't really going to get back. It was at that point that I decided I wanted to make the transition into musical theater and become a singer. And I didn't know if I could get back into ballet shape Mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of started doing musical theater at Theater of the Stars and um, just loved it. Because I grew up loving the old movie musicals. And, you know, West Side Story was one of my favorites. And um, so that's when I made the transition. And as far as my vocal ability, all of it was just listening to other people and uh just uh, practicing on my own and, and trying to emulate certain sounds and hearing what other people were talking i kind of learned by yeah. my surroundings yeah and i that's how i found my voice i mean when i auditioned for west side story i had i just i just wanted chorus i just, i i wasn't looking for anything else but just i just wanted to dance that show and hear that score yeah. every night and alan johnson right from the beginning hired me as the, um, as the India understudy, which was just, I was shocked. It's
0: it's funny though, that you say that because I do feel like, and I, I come from, I mean, I started dancing when I was three, but very Mm -hmm. quickly, you know, I had a mother who was an opera singer. And so it was always like just waiting for that voice that was somehow going to be my birthright. And so Mm -hmm. I did study a lot, a lot, um, vocally and lots of voice lessons, but I think there's something really interesting about when you sing along whether it's cast albums or pop songs, what you sort of subconsciously do to your voice when you're singing along with another singer. And it's almost right. like you're giving yourself little mini voice lessons. And, and some people do it. Some people do it naturally and in a healthy way. Some people do it naturally and in a super unhealthy way. So I'm not saying right. don't get voice lessons. Please, right. Please no, don't write it and say voice lessons are bad because I I teach voice lessons. I'm a big believer in voice lessons. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there's a lot to be said for the influences mm-hmm. that you that you might right. have, and you know, singing along to some of those cast albums. And you do one thing with your voice when you're singing along with this singer, and then you end up sort of yes. adding a different quality to your voice when you're singing along with somebody. Right. Else. And
1: so you're you're building up your repertoire of, of all your skills. You know, as you're doing all of that. I was just. I was very fortunate in that respect. Um, the dance, I, I was very secure that I had a very strong dance background, and the singing just sort of weasled its way in there. And then, um, and the acting just—it was just, you know, I think as a singer, as a dancer, you're just naturally an actress. I, I find that I, I don't sure I don't know how you can do one without the other. Right. And these roles that we have been blessed to perform have been written so well that. It's like having a conversation. It's just, it's just so organic. You know, you don't have to put a lot of thought I have found in the roles that I have done. It just, they just sort of organically happen.
0: And I was talking with Josh Rhodes and we were talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, storytelling and the storytelling in choreography, which it probably doesn't get much better than Jerome Robbins and Bob Fosse, you know, as far as like those moves helping you communicate your story. And I would think yeah, coming from absolutely. a ballet background as well, um, because that's, again, very emotive, right.
1: very, exactly. very based in
0: storytelling. So who would you say um, have been some of your influences when you were either starting out or when you were studying? You know, did you have performers or people that you knew personally that you
1: really looked up to or wanted to emulate? I was in love with some of the dancers in our in the Houston Ballet Company, um, and I looked up to them and... and their self-discipline and um, their mastery of their art. But I'd say the one person who influenced me the most in not only theater, but life was Ted Neely. Mm-hmm. That I did um, Jesus Christ Superstar with was getting to know him off stage as well as on and seeing how he treated his fans and the the people around him, how he was just the most, Well, not he was. He is the most generous person I've ever known in my life. And he would spend two hours after a show speaking to every single person that wanted to speak to him. And he'd ask them about their life and their journey and what brought them to the show and what connections they felt. And I think that being, being someone with as great as he is, as talented as he is, but that is absolutely just completely open and wants you to open yourself. I, I, he was he just absolutely the most gracious person. And that has formulated me not only with fans and stuff from the, from the shows that we do, but also just dealing with people on a day-to-day basis. I just don't think that a lot of people take time to stop talking and listen. And mm-hmm. we're all so busy trying to say what we need to say, but when you actually stop talking and you listen, it can get you so far in life and it can change somebody's day, it can change somebody's life when you actually listen to somebody else and and hear them, not just listen, but hear them. And then of course on stage, he was just the most professional and and yet fun. He wasn't like, you know, you couldn't talk to him after half hour because he's Jesus or anything like that. So he's he's just the consummate professional and I kind of got my work ethic from from him. Was
0: that one of your first shows? Yes, it was my first
1: professional um national tour. tour. National I did a tour. small tour of Maine before that, but this was like a big this was a big tour. Okay. So it was my first gig after I moved to New York. So
0: he sort of taught you what it was like to be a working professional actor and
1: absolutely and 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 to uh just be so humble and in and, and life and, and I've carried that through into my life today you know I it's out of out of the performing world it's just uh one of the things I'm proudest of is my work ethic and I I absolutely think that I got that from him
0: and maybe a few ballet classes too maybe,
1: maybe a few ballet classes say, I don't know I don't know
0: too many ballerinas that don't have a work ethic
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, getting into the, the normal work world where you're out of theater, it's amazing how many people don't have any or just, they don't, they don't know. They're not taught it. They have no idea what it is. Right. You know, we could never just call in because, you know, our fingernail broke or, you know, oh, I got a flat tire. What? Oh, you, you gotta be there. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah. get there. Gotta do know. it. The show must go on.
0: The show must go on. Would you say that that was the first time that you felt like, Yes, I can do this as a profession. I mean, at what point did you think I want to do this for my That's all I work? ever wanted to
1: do. You always so knew that. I, I, always, I mean, I got my union card when I was 16. I was working professionally in high school. This is all I've ever trained for. I've never done anything else. Um, so, no, I always knew this is what I wanted to do. I just, that's the moment where I figured out how I wanted to do it, how I wanted to be perceived. I wanted people to look at me like they looked at him and to respect me the way that they respect him. And so that was my mantra was just I'm going to be a greater version of myself to the public and to those outside who perceive me. I want them to see me like I see him.
0: Well, I think you achieved that. I think absolutely that anybody that has met you um, would absolutely describe you that way. Absolutely.
1: Good. My work here is done. Call it a day. Mic drop. Boom. (laughs)
0: What have you learned about life in general from all of your work in the theater that's maybe surprised you? Or is there a path that you have ended up on that you did not anticipate?
1: I always knew that there, that you would create theater relationships, um, but I think I'm surprised at how we've kept those relationships throughout their life. There are lifers. I have certain shows that I call our lifers. West Side Story was one, Chicago... There's been a few shows where uh, there's people within those shows that have become lifelong family, that I'm closer to actually than some of my real blood family. You know that I've just—it's um, learning to live and 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 breathe your career and with with the, uh, with the group of people surrounding you and they all have this common goal and you just if you become family and you have your fights and you have your arguments and you have your spats and you you cry and you have, you, you know, it's just, it's, it's going through life. It's the journey. I mean, it's, it's doing this journey with these people and, and you can't just let them go. But of course, you know, most of the shows I did, I did for long periods of time. I never was one that like jumped from show to show. So I would see it out for many years at a time. So those people become. I mean, they are your family. You're you're not going home for the holidays sometimes. So I mean, right. these are the people that we're spending need.
0: Christmas together. Right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's. I think it's just. I was surprised at how close I had become to how much family I have acc- accumulated over the years from from the shows that I've done.
0: That's the challenge for me. I always have this FOMO. You know, anytime I go to New York, I assume that everybody who's living in New York is seeing each other all of the time, like we did right. when we were doing shows. <laughs> and then That's I always have bad. to laugh because they're like, "Yeah, Sharon, we haven't seen each other since the last time
1: we were down two years ago." <laughs> it's so, so true. You get caught up in your lives, and you know, but you never forget. You know, and of course, Facebook and social—I mean, social media in general—is just keep. It's so great because it. It keeps us all together and it lets us keep track of each other without necessarily having to pick up the phone every day and or writing letters or all of that, which, you know, is so charming. But let's face it, most of us can't. (laughs) We just can't do it. Right. But It doesn't right. mean that we care any less about these people who we ate, slept, danced, worked, you know, with for years on end. It's just um, it's just nice. It's, uh, social media has really made staying together, of course, a lot easier than it used to be.
0: So much easier. Yeah. It's such a love hate relationship right? it is. because it is. you indeed. don't want to be consumed by it. And at the same time, you know, those of us who remember life before social media right. understand what an amazing tool it can be yes. like you said you know just to keep keep in touch a little bit keep track if you need to reach out for something you, you've got them instantly right how many times did somebody move or change phone numbers exactly. and then you're like I, I don't have their contact information call equity <laughs> Yeah, don't know how to reach them. Yeah, we have that appreciation. Yes, Yes, we do. We do. Because we know how many people we did lose track of, you know, before we could just be like,
1: hey, will you friend me on Facebook or follow their Instagram or, you know, whatever. There'll be a day I'll wake up and someone will pop into my mind and be like, what are they up to? And I'll go and look them up because I haven't seen something from them in a while. And you kind of just start scrolling down their timeline and you just, you feel like you've just had a conversation with them. You know, it's it's great. Yeah, it's it's great. great.
0: And yet, it isn't really a conversation. No. Which is why I'm so glad to get to do this with I you right know, now, me Because too. it is such a fun opportunity to have a real conversation. So, what's next? Like, do you have any five-year, ten-year plans? Well, I'm never going to say I'm not performing again.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> God knows the phone could ring anytime. Uh What's next? I don't know what's next. I'm just... You know, I'm living life day to day. I'm enjoying watching my son grow up. He's eight now. And, um. Does he have any? artistic desires is he mr
0: sports no. guy or actually mr. He, producer guy. He likes- likes-
1: no he's not sports he's he's very much a video guy very much into the video games which i'm totally clueless about and he does love to draw so he's he does say he wants to be an artist so we'll see we'll see the record the where that goes but as far as uh, dance ability or singing ability not so much not, not yet not yet maybe it'll find him later <laughs> <laughs> never say never. Yeah. You never know. So
0: since, since you are a mom too, do you feel like I'm always curious, like I would have loved to have experienced getting to do both. Right. I feel like I've sort of had to do either or right. I didn't, I don't know if I could have been the mom that I wanted to be and still been the full-time performer. And mm. yet for me, I didn't actually mean to retire <laughs> that. Yeah. Right. I didn't think I was retiring when I became a parent. Um, yeah. So, do you have any thoughts about how you've walked those lines, and or do you just feel very at peace with I have this chapter and I have this chapter and I
1: don't need to
0: merge the yeah, two? Yeah,
1: I'm I'm good with that because I'm um, I'm very much and was very much a hands-on mom. And um, I was fortunate, in my mind, I was fortunate enough to not have anything else going on, so I could really just focus on him and bringing him up. I've seen, I've been dressing roommates with girls who have raised their children, done full-time things, and God bless them, they did amazing jobs, but I just knew that that's not what I wanted to do. If If I could help it at all, that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to raise my child to a certain age, at least, and then... And then I could go back to it if I wanted, you know, but I really wanted it to be hands on um, for me. That's and I think maybe some of that is because I was an older mom. I mean, I didn't have my son until I was 44. So, you know, may I, maybe I would have felt different had I had him when I was young.
0: Do you teach at all? Do you have any interest
1: in passing along all of your knowledge no. to another generation? Or I did some coaching for a while. Um, there was it was, came along. It was a very funny. Got a phone call from a friend of mine who's a voice teacher here in Houston. And he had a um, a client who wanted to audition for the role of Roxy in oh. her high school. And but she'd never danced before. And so he said he said she had said this to him, and he said, Well, just so happens I know the girl who played Roxy in New York, and we're gonna give her a call. So I went, she sang for me, and, and so I took her on and You know, we we worked and worked and worked really hard. She only had, like, five weeks till the audition. Well, she got the role, Ah. and then she was nominated for Best Actress in a high school musical here. Oh, wow. So, anyway, that got me a few jobs. I started coaching for a while, sort of uh, friends of hers. It kind of I didn't sure. ever advertise. Right. It was just word, sort of, word mouth. of mouth. Mm-hmm. And then once all of them graduated and went off to college, it, I just didn't do it again. But it was a lot of fun when I was doing it. But I don't know if I'd want to do it full time. But it was a great. It was a great experience. And of course, it was very. It was also very easy for me because it was material that I was very aware of. Very, you know. I, it was ingrained in me. I, I knew what I was talking about, and I could pass on Annie Reinking's notes and, and Walter Bobby's notes to them. And actually, I would pull open my book that I had written all my notes in, and, and could show them. And so that was a really great, great time. and It was a lot of fun. But as I said, I, I wouldn't want to do it full time. So no, I'm good. I don't. I don't want to teach dance. It's been so long since I've been to a dance class. I, I there's no. I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> i didn't
0: even know i've only heard amazing stories i never had the pleasure of meeting and ranking but i've just only heard amazing stories about what a just generous wonderful spirit she was uh, was she so you said walter maybe. bobby was your director though but did she come in mm-hmm. did she do coaching with you or how did
1: you cross paths with oh, her? oh yeah she came in whenever any of us took on a role She would come in at some point and take a look at it and sort of change if she needed to change something to make you look better or uh, if there was something that you could really do that was stand out. She would add that in and because she and Walter both, as I said earlier, both wanted the role to be sort of, you know, customized for each person that was doing it. So that was the beauty of it. So yes, she would come out a lot. And, and not just for the lead role. She would come out and clean up the shows and sometimes freshen up a little thing here and there. And uh, Walter would come in just for bows one day and call rehearsal. <laughs> you know? um, but uh, no, we got to see both of them quite a lot back in the day. That's amazing.
0: I think that yeah. as we as we watch... Some of the greats coming back. We have a new West Side Story out right now and making sure that the spirit of what was behind the story is what's captured. There's that iconic, you you know, the move, ladies in in America with their leg up and it's not just about the highest. Yes, that one right there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that that hinge and it's not just about a high kick, whereas someone who might just be choreographing or who thinks that they're choreographing is just looking at it and going, oh, right. well,
1: you do a high kick here. Without a picture. We need to do
0: that picture. Without knowing right. what it comes from internally.
1: and Right. It has to come from somewhere in organically. And so
0: that's what yeah. those two people are able to come and see the show and clean up, yes. right? It's not just...
1: Hey, your That's hand right. didn't match your this other person's hand. It was right. It's reminding you of what is behind each movement and, to, and getting you back to square one. So all of it happens. I know I keep saying this word a lot, but it's so true. Is organically it just happens because you once you really know the the, the center of the story, what you're trying to tell then it all sort of just, it just happens naturally. I mean, that's why we are blessed to have had the career that, that we have had. It's because we, we have that ability to, we don't have to be told every single thing to do. It just give us the basics and we'll take it from there, you know, and then pull me back or do whatever you need to, but we contribute. We're not just you know, we're not just stick figures out there that you can just put into a certain... I mean, we have we have our own things to contribute, and sometimes it's not right. <laughs> they need to pull us back. But, you know, at least it's coming from a good place, you know. Right. But, yeah, I mean, this new West Side Story, I was blown away. I, I loved it, and... Um, I'm just so excited for Ariana Debose and and just she just did an amazing job and it brought back so many fond memories of a, of our time with, with that show. Well
0: and I think what I loved about it too is the idea that there's a whole new generation of people who are getting yeah. to experience it and as much as I I love, uh, of course I love the original, but yes. I think it's too easy for someone who's maybe a young person now to dismiss that as an old movie. And so the fact right. that they were able to make sort of it current, give it a, a little bit of a, of a current feel to it and yet still staying absolutely true to the spirit of it. I thought the choreography was absolutely yeah. beautiful in terms so of like did I. the intention behind it. It kept the feeling and yet mm. it was
1: original choreography.
0: You know, I think that yes. um, that was just yeah, impact, I just, right? I, I really um,
1: was blown away. I was ugly crying during the movie, I have to say. <laughs> I went by myself because I didn't want anyone else to see me. And I just sat there and ugly cried.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, and, it, you know, and it does. It brings back so many memories, too. And,
1: and, and that's it. Yeah. It's, that's it. Is I just wanted to come home and, like, sit in a big room with all my West Side buddies, you know, and just just chat and and reminisce that would have been so much fun for us
0: all to have had a big screening together or something wouldn't it have though because i remember going to see romeo and juliet that came out oh. when we were on tour and i think it was in san antonio right. that i went to go see it and mm-hmm. seeing it with a cast because it felt mm-hmm. like you know hey we're doing i mean what's Side.
1: what's my yeah. story but romeo and juliet right and that that's, was it
0: was really fun to see that that's right with the cast and have that it, experience together and everything
1: that's that's back to what we said about family i mean these there are certain shows very specific shows that will bring a cast together there are some shows that will tear that that can tear people apart but there are very when you when you have a show that's got a story like west side it brings people together it just i think it forms because you go through so much you go through such an arc through the show you're basically bearing your soul and so I, I think that it just it just happens that you just become really tight-knit and i know that alan johnson in rehearsals was trying to keep the sharks and the jets apart and don't talk to them and y'all go play over there and the sharks just stole your ball what are you gonna... <laughs> he tried all that stuff it didn't work it didn't work he's like oh we got this we can we can be you know enemies on stage but we're we're going to be family, and, and, and that's kind of how it all ended up.
0: Well, I remember what a rude awakening it was when I did the European tour and was in mm-hmm. that circle at the dance of the gym, because as Maria, you're not uh-huh. in the circle. And people right? got mean. I was like, "Wow, whoa! whoa. Oh, like yeah. this was a completely different experience yeah. <laughs> of the show <gasps> when I was doing yeah, Rosalia. Than when I was doing Maria, and I was
1: like, Oh, yeah, oh, that yeah. was yeah, no, it, I know it, it hurt when my heart, it hurt my to heart to go, yeah, I know to go from doing um Consuelo to doing Anita. I, I, of course, had to do the rape scene. Um, and that these were people that I hang out with and people that I you know, s- you know, see backstage and even see on stage. And you have your little riff or whatever on stage, but this was a whole different yeah. level, and it. There was one cast member who would catch me when I ran off every night because I was, it was just, it just, it was so upsetting to go through that scene every night. It was brilliant. I mean, it was, it's, it's an amazing arc to the story and it has to happen. It's, uh, it's very touching.
0: Have you ever read, you know, any of the work that's been done where they basically say your body doesn't know the difference between acting and experiencing it? And so all of those emotions that you right. create for yourself as an actor, you create yes. from, a, from a physical, chemical perspective in your body. And you go th- through right.
1: that night after night yeah, after night. No, I, I totally get that. I remember the last night of the show that the, the last time I did the show, did West Side Story as Anita in Europe, I flew home and I had whiplash and I had all these like neck and shoulder injuries from that scene because I just, you know, you just throw yourself into it. And these guys knowing also that's the last, I mean, they're just, you know, and it's funny because I, it's my fault. (laughs) I did go into rehearsal when I first started rehearsing with the European cast. And when we started rehearsing that scene, I, I said to Alan, I said, can I stop for a second? And I said, I need you to manhandle me don't act this. I need you to do it. If we're gonna make the audience believe this is happening, we're gonna need to do this. Like, you know, within reason, of course, but I need right. you not to tiptoe around me. Let's, if we're gonna do this, let's do this. And they were like, oh, okay. Oh, so Alan turned around, he was like, you heard the girl. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went from there and, and that's, you know, that's what made that that scene so powerful. Um was not, you know, it's not a ballet. It's 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 right. a scene. It's an acting scene and yeah, so there's choreography, but it's Right. You know. But yeah, I I agree. Your body yes, that's very a very good way of putting it, is your body doesn't really know the And I
0: difference. think that was what was interesting getting to getting to play Maria that I used to tell people is like, I get to fall in love every night.
1: Right. How amazing is that.
0: And wow. But you also And then you lose it every night as well, which is horrific and i remember the first the first um few weeks the idea of doing the curtain call was just the most difficult thing i couldn't go from sobbing to then standing up and acknowledging
1: like thank you so much smiling and taking a you thank, you. thank you thank um, you all that was so <laughs> weird
0: but yeah but that sense of of joy of, of the falling right. in love and, and getting to do that just over and over. I just thought was, and, you know, that was a time in my life where I wasn't involved with anybody, didn't yeah. have a love that I was going home it was to, an outlet you know, so I got to so. put all of that and I wanted it, right. I, yeah. I wanted to be in love with someone. I wanted to have that in right. my life. So yeah, it's acting as not it's, it's such an escape from real world. It's an and... interesting thing we do, isn't it? You know, one of the things that we're always talking about in, in acting and making acting choices, raising the stakes. Yeah. So anybody who's in theater has heard the expression raising the stakes. And it just means heightening the reality. Right. And so I think that's, that's part of it, too. As actors, we're not going through our our lives and our emotions on sort of a steady solid line. Mm. We have this huge wave yes. that's like the higher highs and the lower lows. And that's the price you pay for those higher highs is that your lows really yeah. suck. But I do, you know, just almost feel like you're sort of resonating on a different frequency sometimes when you get to have that performing energy. It's, is it just It's such an outlet. Like everything sizzles and yeah.
1: You know, it's crisp. Yes. Yeah. It's such an amazing outlet for, for us. Um, say you've had a, a, a fight with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner, and you, you, you've you got all of this anger or whatever, and you just get to let it explode at the right time, of course, within your show. Uh, it's, so, it's so therapeutic. Um, it can be so therapeutic at times. Mm. Um, when I was doing Man of La Mancha, my father passed away very unexpectedly during rehearsals. Oh, and the next so day, sorry. well, it was actually the morning because I'd spent all night in the emergency room while they were trying to revive him. I went straight to rehearsal oh. and it was the first I was playing Aldonza. It was the first day that we did the death scene. That was my first day of doing the death scene. And no. it was so, so amazing because it was so th- I got I just all these tears and just, just hurt and and all of this that I'd been experiencing that night and that morning, I got to just release it in front of this cast. I felt so sorry for them because they just, throw it. <laughs> you know, um, what you but, do? you know, well, you probably have no inhibitions oh, whatsoever. Either. It was just, You're just like it was just you raw just... and there's snot coming out my nose and there's drool, <laughs> yep. you know, but it was, it was so, I can't imagine a therapy session going any better. Like that was, And I got to do that every day. And so every day I got to let all of this just angst come out. And in that scene, the more angst in that show that comes out, the better. And so it just, it really helped me grieve because I was able to have an outlet every single day to get all of this stuff out. And so... Um, It saved me a lot in therapy. (laughs) I actually got paid to make people watch my therapy. (laughs) That's the secret. Okay,
0: now I get it. it. Yes,
1: that's what it's all about.
0: What a beautiful show, too. All your demons. Oh, let them
1: out. Let them out. Go for the crazy
0: yeah man of Mm -hmm. the match is a gorgeous show too
1: it is i have to say it's probably the hardest show i ever did music is just lush oh my gosh it's beautiful music so yeah it's it's (sighs) it's gorgeous but it's it's one of those that you are so physically at least in my role you were and i'm sure in in some of the other roles as well but you're so physically exhausted and mentally exhausted when the show comes down when that curtain comes down that because you've gone through so many different mm. emotions and it's so out there and raw and in your face and that it was that was yeah that has to be the hardest show i ever did how long did you do that it wasn't that long it was it seemed like an eternity because of the stuff that was going on in my life but that wasn't a tour no it wasn't right? it was it was just a regional production so it was um you know two weeks for two weeks run something like that. done two week three week run but it I, it felt like I'd done a year tour by the time I was done with that. I was glad it was over, and yet it was so bittersweet because I just didn't think I could do that long-term Right, off. That, that has to
0: be of... such a connotation of that slice of, of life for you, too. Right. You know, the idea of Man of La Mancha is that was the time in my life when I lost my dad.
1: Yes, yes, and, and it, I will just... always put the two and two together. Right.
0: yeah, You, you can't not. Yeah. Aww. Yeah,
1: but, you know, that's... It's stuff that we can draw on, and those are the those are what make us the the good actors that we are. Is that we have all of these life experiences to draw on to and and put into whatever role we're we're playing. We just want to please so much, you know. We a lot of actors are very insecure, and and you know you're constantly being criticized and and. Um, it's coming to grips with how to balance the criticism and take it and, and use it and, and actually make it conducive. But it's so easy to, if, if, if you're someone who's not that strong or you don't have a good support system, it's so easy to let it get to you and destroy you. You have to be so strong to deal with this daily criticism and this daily, you know, d- d- get turned down, you get shot down, you're too short, you're too tall, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too white, you're too dark, you're too, you know, you can only take so much, you know, and you need to, you need to find that balance. And it helps to have a good support system around you. I, I don't know those who don't, I don't know how they do that. It. What
0: you said earlier about not just being a stick figure, but the more right. that we can see ourselves as artists with something to bring yes, and not just right a placeholder. Oh, you're the person who's going to be this, this part. So that means that you're going to X and Y and Z and you move here and you put this dress on and you cry here and you laugh here. But the more that you appreciate within yourself, your uniqueness and what you are bringing to all of those things. These are some of the things that you have to do from a technical perspective in the same way that if you were doing a movie, you have to hit your mark. Otherwise, the camera's not going to pick you up. There's certain things you have to do but there's so much more that you can bring to it and to
1: right. which is what makes you the oldest, exactly. Give
0: yourself permission for that and not just try to please, right? Because right. I think again that's yes. it. Oh, you want to keep your job and you want that's it right. That the more that you can sort of settle yourself into I'm here for a reason and I'm an artist and I have something to offer as well. Right. And be that peer with them be that collaborator with them and not just the oh, thank you so much for hiring me thank you thank you thank right you,
1: kind of yes mentality um, one of the early tours that I did and I won't say which one it was but had an amazing rock show light show sound anyway they were very impressed with it, the producers we were we were in uh, we were in rehearsals and when they finally got everything ready they sat the whole cast out in the audience and they did a whole set to music, a whole show to show us sets, the lights, the everything. And when and we were just screaming because it was amazing and so loud. It was deafening. And we were just, I just loved it. And the, it stopped. And we all stood up. And we were applauding. We were so excited. And they said, see, we don't even need you guys. <gasps> and we were like, <laughs> We just, I mean, it was just not the right thing to say, you know, it was just, it was so, I get what they were trying to say, but it was so hurtful. Right. And, you know, there's just some things they, that I don't know if those producers know that they said that or remember saying that or anything. And, and the show went on and it was fantastic and, and all of that. But there was that's how we started the show was that's what they said. See, we don't even need you guys we got a show all on its own. Y'all are standing up clapping. We don't even need you guys up here. It's tough. It's a tough business. And man. I think that sometimes
0: there's that element of making you constantly feel like you're replaceable. Right. And I don't know if that's coming from that point, like you were saying earlier of, you know, trying to instill that work ethic. Right. Or what that is, or the fact that there are so many of us competing for well, a yeah. sliver of jobs. I I'm yeah. really try to fight against that message when I'm talking to people or when I'm talking to other artists, you know, yes. and, and to really appreciate your own uniqueness and that you have something to offer. You have a place in this
1: world. Absolutely. You're
0: not replaceable.
1: I mean, just the fact that we are working actors, we've, we've beat the odds, you know. The, the fact that we have performed in as many things as we've got to perform and we have beat the odds, So we have something going on for us. We've got our uniqueness and we've got our artistry to share. And and, uh, don't tell me that you can do this without me (laughs) (laughs) because you can't. (laughs) We're going to, you need us. And on that
0: note... Michelle Dijon, I could not have done this without you. Oh, my gosh. I'm so so grateful that you asked
1: me to do this. And um, I love what you're doing. And I love spreading the word about what we do. And and this is such a crazy time that we're in. And this is a great way to bring people together and keep keep the word going around and keep the arts, you know, in people's faces and in people's ears. and, and, And it's what we need.
0: It is what we need. Connection. Yes, it's it's all about connection. Absolutely. I love you. Love you too. Thank you for listening to Six Degrees of Broadway. I'm Sharon Camille, and I hope that you'll join me every week to hear more Broadway veterans talk about their lives in the theater. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to tell your friends. Thank you to Reiner Becker for the music arrangement. Six Degrees of Broadway is produced by Lavender Soul Media.